to This is the Day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. It is our prayer that something is said or done to make your walk through this journey called life a little lighter and brighter. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. He looks forward to walking with you on this journey together to breakthrough, victory, redemption. Pastor Wade is anointed and experienced in multiple areas of life. God uses him to have us look at our challenges in ways we may never have seen before. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, Pastor Wade Scarborough. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to This is a Day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. It is an honor and privilege that you have taken the time out of your life to walk with me on this journey we call life. For those that are joining us for the very first time, listen, you know, it's an honor for me. And I just want to tell you, just welcome. Uh, and let me let you know what this show is all about. We like discussing uh, various topics uh, that the church body does not talk about on a Sunday or at a Bible study or just shut down from talking about it all together because of the sensitive nature of the subject. All of us, no matter what you think, feel or believe, without judgment, will not be made to feel like your feelings or opinions are not valid. And we can have a conversation freely, truthfully, honestly, honestly, here on This Is The Day with Pastor Wade. Now, we know there's a lot of stuff going on in our world today. Listen, we got this Corona, some calling it Rona, some call it COVID. Look, whatever it is, it's out there. Uh, we got the social injustice issues, not only to black people in America, but also just people in general. And then the lack of respect we have uh, for one another is just at an all time, all time, all time, man, I can't say it enough, all time high. The church is divided and, and paralyzed as we speak, uh, and it's even contributing to how we treat one another in this moment. That's why we're really having this serious conversation. You know, there's a, a, a lot of people losing faith right now. There's uh, We're talking about people that have been in church a long time, which, and then those that don't have faith at all really don't have none right now. Then uh, there's a spirit of division. Uh, everybody's at each other's throats right now. Everybody is choosing sides, mass, no mass, or or uh, they believe it's real, they don't believe it's real. Uh, they believe that Black Lives Matter is, uh, is a... Uh, prejudice organization and uh, that uh, they're trying to incite uh, violence, which is just not true. There's just so much information. There's just so much that's in the wind. There's just so much that is in the airways right now that we just need to have a conversation and watch how we treat one another. That's why with this conversation, look, we're going to be talking about this for a while because it is so imperative just in uh, this climate right now that we make sure that we treat one another uh, the way God want us uh, to treat each other. So uh, let's review real quick for those joining us for the very first time. Uh, but episode six, and listen, if you're just listening or joining us for the very first time, go back and start from scratch and listen to us. As a matter of fact, if this is your first time, just, just cut right now and go to episode one of how to treat one another and then start from there because I'm telling you, it will really bless your life. Uh, and if you don't want to, if you want to start from here and work your way back, like back to the future, hey, you could do that too. Uh, but also, we have another uh, series as well, um, The Ten Principles for a Successful Relationship, which also ties into that. Look, everybody, no matter where you are, uh, no matter what you think, feel, or believe, um, relationship, uh, everything begins and ends with relationships. So that is another uh, one of our conversations that will bless your life as well. So in episode six, 
We talked about uh, the positive commands of the methods. Remember, we talked about uh, a focus on actions. We said uh, one of the clear emphasis of scripture concerns the fact that the world we now live in as Christians is an alien world. Like, because remember, I said everybody that is born naturally of a woman uh, is a spirit. They live in a body and they have a soul, which is a mind. So therefore, you really are alien to this world, because whether you believe it or not, uh, when you leave this world physically, you will transition into another world whether you believe it or not it's the truth uh the believer also has been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of god's dear son believers live in a hostile environment uh anytime you try to do the right thing when you're talking about being good uh and doing and being righteous uh what happens is because of uh we deal with spiritual wickedness in this world principalities and powers what happens is there's going to always be opposition so anybody out there that wants to be good and wants to do the right thing and be good what happens is there is opposing force out there that basically is going to cause resistance also we said uh number one thing out there is the hatred and antagonism of the world system uh and number two was the purpose of the church was to be witnessing and ministering to people through ministry of the spirit of god also we said uh we have tribulation in this world uh satan which is that adversary will seek to nullify neutralize and also hinder us by any and every way he can regardless if we are to continue on his purpose and one of these things God will use to protect and keep us is loving and caring for one another, working together. This was the key in episode six, working together and caring for one another. We can provide protection, stimulation, support, motivation and enablement to the body of Christ and to our brethren. You know, look, that's been the theme of this conversation, that we are all brethren. Listen, listen, listen. I know people have many different uh, religions and all that kind of stuff and really different belief systems. But at the end of the day, we're still all brethren because once again, you are a spirit, you live in a body and you have a soul, which is a mind. Also, uh, this principle also illustrates, remember I talked about the anim animal kingdom? It says when certain animals band together against outside forces, and we talked about the musk oxen of the Arctic when threatened by wolves from the circle facing the enemy, they form this circle uh, with their calves in the middle of the circle. And the wolves will try to attack uh, one or two, but they're afraid to attack the entire herd. And what happens is we try, we contrast with that is this is how we should be for one another is we should form that circle that we are brethren, that those opposing force forces as far as anybody that's prejudiced or as y'all want to, as people say in the world, racist, uh, we, we need to oppose those forces. We need to say, hey, look, man, this, we all got to live here together. We all got to occupy this space. We all got to treat each other with uh, love and respect. And if you're going to uh, try to oppose that, listen, we're not going to not only let you affect us, but we also protect the next generation, which is our children. So those are very important things. Also, remember, we talked about we're going to talk about uh, promoting spiritual growth and health in the body of Christ, which we did. Uh, we're going to move on to also promoting the general welfare and, and the good of the body. Uh, we also go promote the unity and peace. We also going to promote uh, ministry and the function of the body. Also, we've talked about uh, command two. Uh, we talked about uh, encourage and build up one another, which is major, major, major. We also said in the New Testament, encouraging and building up referred to the process of building spiritual maturity and Christian character through the function of the various gifts of believers. We said particularly to teaching 
and encouragement of others. And believers also are involved in the edification and the process of each other in the church, building up one another, which is figurative of the process of spiritual strengthening and edification. We also talked about encourage one another. Listen, we got to encourage one another uh, being here, ladies and gentlemen. And what do we say? Encouragement uh, is a Greek word, parakeleo, which was P-A-R-A-K-A-L-E-O. And it was used 109 times just in the New Testament. It means to exhort. It means to admonish. Remember that word admonish, because we're really about to go in that into episode seven when we talk about admonish, what that really means. It also means to teach or to beg or entreat or beseech. Also, we say a second, uh, build one another, uh, build up. That Greek word was okio. Domio. Ooh, I did a good one on that one, y'all. Okio Domio. That's spelled O-I-K-O-D-O-M-E-O. And that means to build, erect, or metaphorically means to edify. We got to edify each other and build each other up. That is all part of treating one another. Listen, if we don't build each other up, then who will? You can't sit there and just be in the mirror and just keep building yourself up. No, we are brethren. We need to help build each other up and edify each other. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the quick review of our last conversation. You know, hey, hey, I know some of y'all already doing it right now. Some of you already are buckling up and already got your seat in the tray tables. They're in the upright position. And remember, if you feel any turbulence in this ride, that's just God shaking us at the root of what doesn't belong on this plane. Now, if you're listening with somebody, which you should, but if you're listening with somebody, look at them and say, you ready? Look back at them and say, I'm ready then let's go. Let's go dive into episode seven on how to treat one another. We go talk about command three and four today, but command three is about admonish one another. Yes, 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 yes. That word admonish. Let me give you some uh, scripture to back admonish up. It says Romans 15, 14, and it says, and concerning you, my brethren, here we go with that word brethren again. I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able also to admonish one another. First Thessalonians 5 through 14 says, and we encourage you, brethren, here we go again with brethren, admonish the unruly. Uh-oh, admonish the unruly? My God, encourage the faint-hearted. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We got to admonish the unruly which means to warn, advise, or instruct. And then we got to encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all men. Now listen, we could just stop the show right there. That First Thessalonians 5 and 14 said, and we urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with all men. Ladies and gentlemen, if we just did that right there, whether you're a believer in the Bible or not, that would just solve the majority of the problems right there. If we just admonish the unruly, we just encourage the faint-hearted and just help the weak and be patient with all men. My goodness, I'm in trouble already. Do y'all feel it right now? Colossians 1.28 says, and we proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom that we may present every man complete in Christ. Again, that word admonish, admonish, A-D-M-O-N-I-S-H, is the Greek word for uh, now thetio. Ooh, that was pretty good, y'all. Now thetio. That's spelled N-O-U-T-H-E-T-E-O. -E -E and that means to put in mind, 
to admonish, to warn, to advise, to instruct. Since this word has a broad range of meaning, it is sometimes more difficult to translate. Translators, uh, uh, various use, uh, when you talk about in scriptures like Paul, the exhortation in Romans 15, 14, uh, the NEB uh, and the Williams version translated as counsel. The NIV, which is the New International Version of the Bible, and the NRSV have, uh, have the word as instruct one another. Uh, Beck translates it as to correct. The King James Version always translates the word with admonish. Actually, the word natatio. Listen, don't try to pronounce these Greek words, y'all. I'm trying to tell you, just get the, the basic essence of what the word means. Doesn't refer to casual communication or normal type of teaching. It applies a definite exhortation, correction, and warning. In the Thessalonian letter, that's who Paul, when we talk about uh, Thessalonians, he is, he is writing to the people in Thessalonica. So they are the Thessalonians. The translator of the New International Version uses the word to warn, to describe Paul's admonishment to Christians who were idle and lazy. Oh my goodness. Any people lazy out there right now? Can y'all see some lazy folks right now? Anybody don't like lazy people? Listen, we just got to stop being lazy with this thing. We got to start putting in, we got to start putting in the effort. If we want this world to change, if we want our communities to change, if we want our society to change, if we want it different for our children and want that to change, we have to be doing something different. We cannot be lazy at this moment. This is the time for everybody to dig in and get to work. Also, remember, when this word is used, there is always the implication of a problem. It presupposes an obstacle that must be removed or changed. Uh, it also means some degree of opposition has been encountered and one wishes to subdue or remove it, not by punishment or by influencing the mind. Certainly, there is one, this word, some kind of moral appeal for change in behavior through warning and biblical instruction or putting sense in the mind with strong appeal to, will, to the will and the thorough understanding. Remember this, in psychological climates, you know, I, I'm big on psychology. Our today, where so much stress is placed on professional counselors, in Romans 15, 14, and also 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, and Colossians 3, 16, it teaches us an important point we must not miss. Watch this. Paul assumes that the body of Christ, not simply ministers of the gospel, but or professionals, can and should engage in the ministry of admonishment, which is a form of counseling. Two things, however, are required to make us able to be competent to warn, instruct, or counsel each other. Listen to me. Watch this. First thing is we must be full of goodness. Oh, we can just stop right there. <sighs> if we're going to warn, instruct, or counsel anybody, this is really talking about your intentions. Why are you doing it? And in order for you to be doing it and to warn somebody or instruct somebody or to help somebody, when you're talking about be full of goodness, listen, you got to have the right intentions. You can't be having some ulterior motive. That being full of goodness is major. Paul teaches us that believers at Rome were able to able or competent because they were full of goodness. Goodness in the Greek word. Actually, y'all, this is not a bad word. Agatho soon. Nay. So that means that is spelled A-G-A-T-H-O-S-U-N-E, which describes that which is good 
in its character and beneficial in its effect, at least in its goal or purpose. It becomes a synonym for Christ-like character and motive, manner, and method. Let's look at Matthew 7, 3, and 5, and it says, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? Whew, we can stop right there. Is there a lot of that going on right now in this climate right now? Especially with all this social injustice, even with COVID right now. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Whoa. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye. I mean, let me get you right. And look, and a plank is in your own eye. And then verse five says, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, these people, these believers, these brethren were those who were mature enough to make sure that the plank in their own eye was removed for they sought to remove the speck from their brother's eye. They were not out to hurt, but to heal and not get even, but to help and build up. Listen, if we want prejudice to end, first of all, it needs to start with the individual. You need to get that old log, not even a speck. It's a log, call it a plank. Get the plank out of your own eye first. Because you know why you need to get the plank out of your own eye? So you can see clearly. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble right now. I can feel I'm in trouble right now. That's going to hurt, right? That hurt me when it said it, y'all. Seriously, anybody hurt when I said that? You got to get, get that big log that's clouding up your vision right now. Clouding up your understanding, clouding out how you see it out of your own eye first before we look to our brethren, before we look to our white brethren. Uh-oh. Listen, I know a lot of things that uh, are caused, especially when you're talking about uh, in our black culture right now, has been caused. A seed has been planted inside of us uh, from uh, since 16... <laughs> August of 1619. Do you know, this is free, y'all. Did you know, because uh, we're doing this show, this is, uh, we're having this conversation on August 10th. Do you know by the end of this month, it would be actually 401 years since the first slave ship pulled into a U.S. port with 20 slaves. August of 1619. Today is August of 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, now think about it. Remember I said every Black American born from 1619 that means of august of 1619 until today that we're having this conversation has been born into a life of prejudice have been born into a life of uh of hostile environment and then also what happened is not only has it been done not by our choice but what has happened to us is now once that seed was planted in us guess what we've been carrying in as a generation as a culture we've been carrying the anger the resentment of it all. And then also now the pre uh, prejudice has now swelled up inside of us. So what happens is we have also a responsibility to this too. Now, just because it happened to us, now we must respond differently. We cannot uh, repay for what has been done to us. All we can do is listen, it's, it was done we need to figure out how to reason together and come together because we all have to live here. Listen, I already tell you that the United States is built on a house of cards. It's built on sand. And listen, it is sinking minute by minute right now. You can see our leadership is just straight 
foolishness from the top of the presidency on down all the senators congressmen just and and the bad part about it there are some good senators and congressmen house representatives they're all there's some good people in there that really want to do good things but the system is so corrupt and what happens is people have to compromise their integrity and then when you compromise your integrity and your character it affects of how you treat one another and then guess what if it affects how you treat one another that means you don't care about what's happening with the people that you're supposed to be serving oh my goodness i'm in so in trouble right now i think my phone is ringing right now y'all it is buzzing somebody is like what is he talking about listen it is what it is. You only go get the truth here on This Is The Day with Pastor Ray. So I'm sorry if you don't want the truth. If you don't want to keep it 100, let's say you can tune out at any time. But if you want the truth, all I'm going to do is present it. Now, how you receive it, that's up to you. But I'm just giving it to you in love. This is something that we all got to work on together. Also, remember this, Christians who are sensitive about their own walk with God are capable and responsible to admonish other Christians. It is one of the most difficult exhortations to obey, but it is necessary for the body of Christ to mature and grow. Understand this, admonishment when done according to biblical guidelines is not judging others. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Let's see, see, I just helped somebody right there. They thought, oh, we're going to instruct. We're going to tell people what's up. No, 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 no. Admonishment is not judging others. One of the first guidelines was spelled out by Paul. Make sure you are full of goodness first. Here it is taking that speck out of your own eye. You got to check yourself first. You got to examine yourself first before you want to instruct or how to treat one another, you got to be full of goodness. Because if you're not full of goodness, that means you're going to transfer all your, your issues to somebody else. Also, Paul put it another way. We must make sure we clean up our own act. Uh-oh. <laughs> clean up your own act. Listen, if everybody was to be responsible and accountable and clean up their own act, what would this world look like? Oh, uh, nobody want to talk to me. Crickets right now. Can somebody... Can somebody just, just right now, just, just, just put on the uh, Facebook stories or, or Instagram stories, hashtag, I'm still your friend. Because I need somebody to be my friend right now. Because I know that hurt. When somebody tell you to clean up your own act, I know somebody just got attitude. What do you mean I need to clean up my act? Yes. You need to clean up your own act. Because we don't want you to transfer your issues on somebody while you're trying to correct and instruct and admonish. Uh-oh. <laughs> Also, another passage that bears on our ability to admonish one another are the guidelines found in Galatians 6, 1 through 5. The passage will be discussed later as we continue our conversation. Number two, we said uh, there were also uh, complete and knowledge. So, one, they were basically uh, full of goodness. Now, the second part of being full of goodness, they were complete in knowledge. So, not only do you got to be complete uh, uh, full of goodness, but you got to be complete in knowledge. Obviously, Paul is talking about an adequate knowledge of scripture or a way of doing things. See, this thing about uh, admonishing one another, we got to have a basis of guideline. We got to have a center of the wheel. We got to have a manual how to do this. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a manual. The Bible is the ultimate manual. Remember I said, no matter what motivational book you read, self-help, relational book, it doesn't matter. All of those books come from 
are derived from the Bible. The Bible is the best book you ever read. Matter of fact, still to this day, the Bible is the number one book, number one bestseller sold. Oh my goodness. Jesus is still, God is still the number one author to this day. And no one, and I mean no one, will ever break that record. Also, it says, admonishment must be based upon God's specific will and ways, not on what we think uh, other Christians should or should not be doing. We must be careful at this point. Many Christians tend to confuse absolutes. Uh-oh. Oh, boy, I better walk slow. And non-absolutes. If we exhort Christians in areas that are extra biblical, uh-oh, areas that are not specifically spelled out in scripture or specific things that involve cultural standards and practices, then we are in danger, uh-oh, danger of imposing standards contrary to scripture. See, 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 do I need to, do I need to exegete that, y'all? That's just self-explanatory right there. Remember this, some churches and groups and individuals have a list of rigid, rigid rules. Oh, man, anybody ever been in churches like that with all these rules and regulations? And because there's so many rules, the spirit can't move at all. There is no freedom at all that often seek to impose on others. There's the dirty dozen, there's the nasty nine, and there's the heavenly seven. It varies with the local, but these are invariably doubtful or questionable things. Certain practices which a portion of society may condemn as wrong, but they are called questionable because scripture does not specifically condemn them as wrong. Scripture does set forth principles which guide us, guide us, come on now, which guide us in how we should handle such practices. Interestingly enough, the Apostle Paul proceeded in one another injunctions or commands in Romans 15, 14, with instructions regarding the issue of these questionable practices on which Christians, our brethren, very often disagree. These instructions divide neatly into three things. Let's talk about those. First thing, the warnings against judging one another over these questionable issues. <laughs> That's in Romans 14, 1 through 12. He says, we are never to judge one another with contempt because of the different of opinions. Listen, is there a lot of difference of opinions going on right now? Uh, yes. <laughs> so, and then what about actions regarding the questionable practice that may differ from ours? Listen, we got so many, there's just so many, so much division right now. Everybody is choosing sides. Then of the side you just chose, everybody is choosing in that side that you chose, they choosing who think like them. And I'm telling you, with all this separation and now into these little cliques, into these little sects, we are so much far apart that uh, how we treat one another looks a uh, many different ways. Some want to do it uh, peacefully. Some want to do it violently. Some want to just do it with get revenge. Some want to just isolate and say, hey, let's like move, let's go to Ghana or let's just move somewhere else and leave the United States. Everybody got so many different ways that they want to do it. But admonishment of Romans 15, 14 is not judgment, but loving counsel to move others to biblical living by the power of the spirit of God. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, come let us reason together. How can two walk together unless they agree to do so? So if we go be in this country together, we got to figure out how to get along. 
We got to figure out how to make sure, like we talk about mutual benefit. We got to make sure that uh, uh, each culture understands each other. We got to also admire what each culture brings to the table. Understand this. We only can do this together, but we can't do this with many different theologies. I'm sorry, y'all. I got tongue twisted right there with a lot of theologies. It has to be one theology. We have to be in one mindset. We have to be going in one direction. Two, warnings against hindering the spiritual growth and the progress of one another by misusing, by misusing, by misusing our liberty or personal conviction on the issues. Listen, a lot of people got their own, like we said, personal convictions. And I get it. I got my own personal convictions. But one thing that I got to make sure uh, for me, that whatever my personal convictions are, I don't uh, put on you. And what happens is because you may feel a different way. You may not see it the way I see it. And I got to be okay with that. Just like you got to be okay with the way I see it. Listen, I didn't got in so many arguments with uh, the thing about the mask. No mask is why you not uh, uh, wearing it, all that kind of stuff. Listen, if you wearing a mask makes you feel safe, then so be it. But I see it a different way. Not saying that you're not being safe. Just I see it a different way. But people are judging each other for that. You got commercials on television right now saying if people don't wear masks right now during this time that they don't love you. That is so far from the truth and so unfair. The argument is so one sided that nobody really knows what this is, what's happening. If you ask anybody, especially when it comes to COVID at this time, nobody can give you an exact answer or tell you. I don't care if it's Dr. Fauci. I don't care if it's Dr. Phil. I don't care if it's Dr. Oz. None of them can tell you exactly. For the same people that say what COVID is, we have the opposite group that says what COVID's not. So I'm just saying, there's so much uncertainty right now. But everybody wants to put their opinion and perspective and one group saying we're right, the other group saying we're right. So now that we have this clash, it's always like in relationships. You always have his his version, you always have her version, and then there's the truth. Well, we're right, we're at that point, y'all. We had the truth of we had the people saying COVID is this or corona is this, other people saying COVID is this, corona is this, and then there's the truth. What we haven't got to yet is the truth. Uh-oh. I am so in trouble right now. I, if, look, somebody let me know if I'm in trouble at Real Pastor Wade. That's Wade, W-A-I-D. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let me know if I'm in trouble because that hurt right now. But it's the truth, y'all. It is the truth. And this is when you talk about uh, being misusing your liberty or personal convictions on issues. We got so much of that going on right now. I'm going to leave that alone. I am going to move forward because I know I'm going to get calls after this show. Also, the third one, exhortation to imitate the Savior by becoming a servant of one another, by bearing one another's burden. Listen, listen, listen. We got to imitate something. And one of the best imitations that we have, he's the great example, which is Jesus. Now, listen, I know some say, look, he was a great prophet. He's a great teacher. Uh, he was, and some say he was just a great Jewish boy. And, but I'm telling you, for my personal belief, for what I know, that he is Lord. He is the Son of God. So what happens is if we could just take his life as an example of how to treat one another, how to be in service to one another, I'm telling you, our world would be healed. Our world would be much further along. 
often for believers, if they are full of goodness and knowledge, undoubtedly in the knowledge of the Savior and our new life in him, they are competent to admonish one another in their walk with the Lord. I'm telling you, let's move on. Command four, comfort and encourage one another. Listen, we got to get to comfort and encouraging one another. Listen, there's so many people right now. Do you know uh, uh, suicides are up? Depression uh, is up right now. There is so much division, uh, as we talked about earlier, and, and prejudice and hatred going on and resentment. They're not including that there are 47 million people out of work right now. Then you have this uh, uh, farce of a, what they call an election going on. And then what's interesting is people think that actually Republicans and Democrats are different. <laughs> and they're not. Republicans, Republicans and Democrats serve the same master. <laughs> so therefore, there is no difference. So you got that going on. Then we're not even going to talk about the leader right now. That is the president right now. I call him 45. I will not uh, say his name. I will not give him any power whatsoever. You're talking about somebody that is prejudiced against anybody black, brown or beige. I don't care what anybody say. This is my personal opinion that based on his actions and based on what he says, some people says he's just catering to his market, which is a prejudiced market. I say uh, if even if he's catering to that market and it's an act in a show, if this is the real celebrity apprentice for him, I'm saying he's doing a great job and it still doesn't condone his behavior of how he's treating people of color in this country. But this is where even through all of that, we still got to comfort and encourage one another. Matter of fact, if I saw uh, uh, the president right now, I would have to treat him with respect as one of the brethren. Whether he believes it or not, whether he loves me or not, or loves black people or not, I would have to treat him with respect. Also, I would have to honor the seat of the presidency, whoever sits there. So there's some things that just, just being a pastor, just being a leader, just being a kingdom ambassador for God, that I would still have to treat somebody that I know willingly, that I know based on his action and based on his words, hates me. Uh-oh, oh my goodness, that was hard for somebody. That's messed up when you have to still comfort and encourage somebody that hates you. Oh my goodness, First Thessalonians. 4 and 18 said, therefore, comfort one another with these words. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11 said, therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you are also doing. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another day after day. Oh, my goodness. Let me read that again. But encourage one another day after day. Woo! Let me say that one more time for the Holy Spirit. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today. My goodness, lest any of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 said, and let us consider how to stimulate one another uh, to love and good deeds not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see the day drawing near, listen, 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 ladies and gentlemen, those verses speak for itself. That Greek word is used in each of the above passages translate into comfort or encourage. Remember, we talked about parakileo. It may mean, depending on the context, that's another thing. Remember, I told you when somebody uses scripture, 
Watch the context that they use it in. Because if they take something out of context, so when you look at the word context, C-O-N-T-E-X-T, context. If they take the word text out of the word context, all you're left with is a con. So therefore, there's a lot of people taking even scripture right now out of context. So what I'm telling you right now is even as we're having this conversation, I'm giving you the context that it was used in, that it is being used in. So the context is to summon, to call one side, to give aid, then to exhort, entreat, or beseech. But it is often used in the sense of to strengthen, encourage, comfort, and console. As who comes alongside to give aid? Listen, this is what we're supposed to do. This is it right here. We're supposed to give aid, strength, comfort, and courage to each other. And it means doing whatever is needed to bring courage into the lives of believers and non-believers alike. To encourage is to bring courage. Oh my goodness. Listen to this. Encouragement, watch this, is the kind of expression that helps someone want to be better. Listen, y'all, that's major. Encouragement is the kind of expression that helps someone want to be better. Come on, y'all. Even when life is rough. Let me tell you something about courage. Courage is the quality of mind that enables people to encounter difficulty and danger with firmness and resolve in spite of interferes to continue on in the pressures of life by faith so that we don't throw in the towel. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to encourage people so they don't throw in the towel. Listen, I'm about to teach uh, a Bible study about the continuous sermon I just did. And it's about the women with the issue of blood. And one of the things when she says, if I could touch the hem of his garment, what she's saying is, um, when you look at that word hem, everybody knows that the hem of a garment is that piece or the edge of the garment that basically is sewn up under. That it's basically sewn up under because there's a thread that's there that if you pull it, the whole garment would come unraveled. So what happens is when you talk about the hem of his garment, that's the piece that's sewn that basically locks the garment so the whole garment doesn't come undone. So what happens is when she says, if I can touch, the hem of his garment. What she's saying is, I need to touch the hem of his garment because I'm about to come unraveled. Oh, come on. So what she was doing is she was encouraging herself in prayer. She kept moving and she was just in faith, even though she had never experienced or seen Jesus in any way. She only was acting on what she heard. She had had an issue of blood or hemorrhaging for 12 years. Don't you know that she talked to Dr. Fauci, Dr. Phil, and Dr. Oz, and everybody told her the same thing. Don't you know she talked to her friends and family that said, girl, what you talking about? The doctors and all told you the same thing. But she said and encouraged herself and said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, the very piece that keeps the whole garment from coming unraveled, if I could just touch the hem of his garment because I'm about to come unraveled. This is what we got to do, ladies and gentlemen. We got to 
encourage people because people right now are about to come unraveled. 47 million people are out of work right now. We got people, we got brown people on one side, black people on the other side. We got white people on the other side, Asians, Indians. We Everybody's on all sides and nobody is working in unity right now. And we got to encourage one another. Oh man, am I in trouble right now? I believe so. Understand this. Though the Thessalonian Christians were facing severe trials and persecutions, and though they were disturbed by uh, doctrinal ignorance and disturbance, and they had the ability to, and responsibility to encourage one another with God's truth and by showing their support for each other. Indeed, they have been doing this very thing. But here's the question. Let's ask questions here. But what are the primary means for encouragement? Come on, let's talk about it, y'all. What are the primary means for encouragement? One, Always, the primary means of encouragement is God's word, his truth, from knowing and resting in God's promises. You can find that in several scriptures. Joshua 1, 7 through 9, Romans 5, uh, Romans 15 and 4, Titus 1 and 9, 2 Timothy 4 and 2, 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13, 4, 13 through 18. All of this is involved in knowing and resting in the truth of Christ. Secondly, when you talk about encouragement, encouragement comes from remembering the testimony of our mentors in the Lord. Listen, there are a lot of people that come before us that are also in the Bible, that are also uh, in our personal life. There have been mentors and instructors that come before us. What do you think Martin Luther King was about? Martin Luther King was just not for civil rights and also just black people movement. He was also about the all inclusion of everybody because he got it. Like, listen, I know slavery happened. I know uh, that we have every reason to be upset and angry. Even Malcolm X learned uh, after being after his pilgrimage uh, to Mecca, even they both were able to see, listen, at the end of the day, slavery happened. But at the end of the day, we are here together now. And what are we going to do now with all the information that we have? Yes, we know there are people still out there that are opposed to black America, that are prejudiced against black America. Yes, we know that still in certain sections of the country, in, in this country of the United States of America, that there are still uh, black and white uh, fountains, that blacks cannot still enter into the door. The, we, we know that the Confederate flag definitely dis, uh, displays prejudice and hatred. We still all knowing that, my God, gotta be encouraged by what our mentors and the people that came before us then taught us. We need to learn from that and be encouraged from that. Third thing about encouragement, encouragement comes from helping others to recognize and relate to God's pleasure, his will. We all need to have a sense of God's calling and destiny. You'll find that in Joshua 1, 2 through 8, 4, and we're almost done. Ultimately, courage uh, comes from reckoning on God's presence and knowing God's personally. Uh, you can find that in Joshua 1 and 9 and Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. Behind God's promises is God himself. This is why we go to the word to see, to know, to love and rest in God's love. Listen, remember I said, what is the referee? What is the center of the wheel? We got to have that manual that listen at the end of the day when we're at disagreement. Remember I said, you got your truth. We got the other person's truth. But what is the truth? And we got to have something that is the truth. And I'm telling you right now, the word of God is the absolute truth. Oh boy, you don't have to believe me or not. I'm just giving you my opinion. I'm just telling you what I know. You can either receive it or not. 
Last thing for encouragement. One of the tools God uses to bring encouragement to others is people themselves. This is the point of this command. Encourage one another. But for this to happen, watch this. Christians and brethren alike need to spend time together. This is the point. This is the point, ladies and gentlemen, of this command. That we need to spend time with each other. We're going to have to spend time with each other. Because why? We got to occupy the same space. Listen, how many people right now in your neighborhood, whether you live in an apartment, whether you live uh, in a home, how many neighbors do you really know that live right next to you? Forgetting about the what their culture is, forgetting about what their color is. How many know your neighbors that live just right there? And I guarantee you, not many people know who their neighbors are, that they haven't even spent time with the people that are in proximity with them. So if we don't even spend time and get to know people that are in proximity of us and learn how to treat one another with somebody that's just close to us, how can we begin to attack cultures, a nation, generations on how to treat one another when we just can't look next door, right out our window right now? I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, during this time of social unrest, during this time of COVID, doing everything, all this stuff that are contrary to what we know, the winds that are blowing right now. We must learn how to treat one another as God want us to treat each other. He said these two things. He said, love the Lord your God with everything, your heart, soul, and mind. And then he said, the second is just like it. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. And he said these two things, Listen to me now, and I close with this. These two things. He said, not only all the law, but all the prophets hang on these two things. Ladies and gentlemen, if it's good for uh, God, it needs to be good for us. Ladies and gentlemen, I pray you enjoyed our time together as much as I did. Thank you for tuning in to episode seven of How to Treat One Another. I thank all of you for your love and support and responses. New episodes were released every Thursday on iTunes and Spotify at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Please remember to subscribe and don't just listen to these episodes just once. Get them ingrained in your spirit. And remember, always remember, faith come by hearing and by hearing by the word of God. Also, anything to become a habit psychologically takes 60 to 90 days, 66 to be exact. Remember, in all thy getting, get understanding and then practice implementing uh, what you have learned. Apply how we treat one another is the only way we can turn it around for good. Special thanks, special, special, special thanks to my man KC, Kevin Clayton at I Am Music Group for producing this show, Erica Duff for the artwork, the Flow Therapy Morning Show with Coco B and Frank Nitty on the Uncommon Gospel Radio Network, my man Alex Teamer, aka 18 for the baseline, Pastor Warren, my pastor, love that dude, man, and Lena Bird Miles for This Is The Day intro, and get up, mornings with Erica Campbell, that's my first lady, y'all, and a special shout out to all the California Worship Center family in North Hollywood. Remember to subscribe to This Is The Day or whatever podcast platform you use. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter 
at Real Pastor Wade, and Wade is spelled W-A-I-D. And remember to post any subject titles you would like to discuss on This Is A Day Facebook page or feedback on my Facebook or Instagram stories on what you thought about this conversation. Always remember, God believes in you, and so do I. Till next time, this is the day. This is always the day for breakthrough, victory, redemption. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to This is the Day with Pastor Wade on any podcast platform that you use. You can interact with Pastor Wade with questions, comments, or subject titles you would like discussed. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade, that is Real Pastor W-A-I-D, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.